Awesome weekend. I've been uh, down there in Luters, Texas, big city, about 200 people. Uh, working at Chrysalis, my wife's still down there. I drove in this morning, and about five miles out, I switched shirts and just came straight here, so I haven't been home, and I'm really excited to get back. <clears throat> Man, I mean, it's been an awesome weekend, and, and, I, and I love being a part of this Emmaus community because I've met friends, brothers in Christ from all over everywhere, all different backgrounds, all different cultures. I mean, I've got friends from here all the way to San Saba that I would have never met if it hadn't been for this, this Emmaus group and this Emmaus family. So, man, it's just awesome to get to see it. And it's awesome to get to work these things, and I'm so thankful that God just still allows me to work these because this is something where you, can, you get to see the fruits of your labor. You know, there's a lot of times that we don't see. We, we plant the seed, and then it may be years and years and years before it ever grows and gets harvested. But this, you get to see it. <clears throat> you know, when they ask you to work the walk, they ask you a couple of weeks or a couple of months before it happens. So you start praying. And you go to these team meetings. And y'all come together as men and y'all pray together. And they give you a, a prayer partner, another team member that you're going to pray with. And y'all pray for each other daily. You make a commitment to pray for each other daily so you grow and you communicate. And it's always somebody that I, I don't know. I mean, I've got several friends from the Wagner Ranch. I mean, true cowboys have been born and raised on ranches you know, all over Texas and, and New Mexico that I would have never met. And, man, I call them brothers now. And I know that I can call them at any time, and they're going to drop what they're doing to pray for me, man. And that's just awesome. But then after, once these, uh, the pilgrims start signing up to go on these walks, the men or women or, or kids, whatever it may be, they'll give us a, a prayer pilgrim, and we get to start praying for that person. You know, we've never met them. We don't know what they look like. We don't know nothing about them, but we get to start praying for them. And we pray for them up until the walk. And then you see them for the first day, and you finally get to put a face with the, with the name that you've been praying for. In the past two walks that I've worked, I've got the word clergy. And clergy is just a fancy word for somebody that stands up and talks in front of people. You know, we're no better than anybody else, but we get to sit at the back of the room. And we get to watch these guys. And you get to watch your pilgrim that you've been praying for. And you get to watch how he just changes. And the chrysalis is special because it's for kids, and, and it goes like a, they start out as caterpillars. And then they go into the cocoon, and then they, go, they become butterflies when they leave, which is kind of girly for the boys, but it's all right. They're all excited today wearing their little butterfly pins. But it's awesome that you just you get to watch that, and you just get to see the fruits of your labor right there in front of you, man. It's awesome, and I'm just so thankful that I get to be a part of it. And I don't know how this message is going to go, because I'm really excited to get back just to see how it happens, how it's going to end. And I haven't talked to none of the girls, so I don't know what's going on on their side. But I know we had... I know for sure we had three boys give their life to the Lord last night. Amen. Don't applaud because there's going to be, it's a lot more than that. We were, last night they have a special event and the clergy gets to set up at the front and, and people come up and talk to you. And I've never seen a line like we had last night. I mean, we had five clergy members up there and there was somebody with us the whole time. And as soon as one would leave, another one come up. I mean, it was just, so I only know, me and another guy, I don't know about the other three, how many they had. But it was awesome. So I'm going to read Philippians 10, or Philippians 4, 10 through 13. Will you please stand? <clears throat> it says, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care, has, your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity, not that I speak in regard of need, for I have learned that whatever state I am in, 
to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to be abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer in need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Will you pray with me? My Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity just to get to share your message, Father. And I thank you for this opportunity that I, just to get to serve you over this weekend. Father, I just pray that you'll just speak through me. Father, just let this message resonate in the hearts of your people. Father, and just remove me from the situation and let your spirit flow. Father, we love you and we praise you. As you say in Jesus' name, amen. So I'm a little fired up today, so I may be talking kind of fast. So y'all going to have to really listen. No coffee. That's the Holy Spirit. So I have a message prepared, but y'all know how it is when I go on these things. I come back and it's completely different. But I want to tell you about this Christmas because these kids have really opened my eyes this weekend. And so we get there Thursday morning, and we got there about 10 o'clock because they said, man, we've got a lot of work to do, a lot of stuff to get ready. Well, we're men. You know, we were ready in like 30 minutes. You go over to the girls' conference room, and they've got it just beautiful. You know, they're beautiful tablecloths. Everything's just perfect. And all these nice centerpieces. And where the speaker stands, they got this big arch that's all decorated. And you go over to our conference room, and we got black plastic tablecloths laying on there, and we're done. <laughs> Let's go, rock and roll. Here we go. So, so it's a lot different on one side than the other. So we're sitting around all day, like bored out of our minds, just waiting. So about the, the, the kids, they'll start showing up between 6 and 7, and it kicks off at 7 o'clock. Well, about 5 o'clock, man, these storm clouds just roll in. And, I mean, it's dark, and it's lightning just constantly. And the thunder, man, I've never heard thunder like this. I mean, it was like a train just rolling through town for like 30 minutes straight. And we're in a tornado warning. So they're rushing everybody to the, to the cafeteria. I don't know why. Well, I guess we're going to eat while the tornado comes. I don't know. But anyway, that's where they were going. But I was just standing on the balcony just watching it because I, I like lightning as long as it's a long ways away because it's beautiful just to watch it. And, and man, about 5.30, it just starts pouring down rain. I mean, pouring down rain. And these, there's kids that work these chrysalises that were on the chrysalis last year, and we had six of them. And their job when these kids show up is to get them, get all their luggage, take them to their room, and then take them over to the tabernacle to register so, man, these poor kids, they are soaking wet, you know, and they're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, man, they just got these huge smiles on their face, and that rain is cold, and it's coming down hard, and they're just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And the girls, you know, they're little sissies. They got umbrellas. But these boys, you know, they're just out there serving God and just happy as they can be, and, man, it's just awesome. Well, 6 o'clock, you know, they start showing up, and at 7 o'clock, it's still raining, and we go in to the tabernacle, and they do the introduction stuff, and it takes about 30 minutes, and then we leave, we walk out of the tabernacle, and it stops raining, and man, there's just this perfect rainbow on top of that camp, and man, it's just awesome when you know that, you know, God's promises is covering that camp that day, and man, it's just been a beautiful weekend, and these kids, you know, this is the first Christmas I've got to work, so I don't really know how they go, but, and, and they, the other people that have worked on They've all said this is the first time they've seen it. You know, usually on Friday, working the men's, they're all like this during worship. You know, they don't want to do nothing. And it takes till Sunday before they're up there raising their hands. But, man, by Friday at lunch, every one of these kids were at the front raising their hands. And it's just been awesome to watch them and watch these kids participate and just how happy they are. And, man, it gives us hope. But last night I was talking to some of these kids. And, man, these kids go through a lot. 
They go through a lot. And I'm guilty as anybody is saying, man, you are just kids. Y'all's life ain't that bad. Y'all got everything handed to you. Y'all got a place to live, no bills. You know, y'all got it made. What are y'all complaining about? But, man, these kids are struggling. And, you know, getting to be clergy, we have this little box back in the back, and it's a prayer box, and you'll write down a prayer, and you'll put it in the box, and you don't have to sign it. It's just anonymous. And I was reading through some of those cards last night. And, man, there's a high school kid, and his prayer was to, that he would have the strength to forgive one of his classmates that raped his younger brother. I mean, these kids are struggling. You know, we have no idea what they're going through. You know, the, with the technology that they have these days, with the, the social media, man, these kids are getting bullied in ways that we can never imagine. And we always just forget about what they're going through. And I'm, I'm guilty of that, you know. I've told my kids many times, man, y'all suck it up. Y'all ain't got it that bad. Wait till y'all get in the real world. But, man, these kids are already in the real world. But something else that got me, and it's kind of weird because it kind of goes along with this verse about being content. We push these kids. A lot of the things that these kids are suffering with is because of us. Because we push so much on them that they don't have time to focus on God. And, man, that's, that's sad. You know, I talked to one, and, and he's going to be a senior next year and a daddy. And he's scared. He's scared to death because he doesn't know what to do. And he told me, man, I'm just a kid, and I've got to be raising a kid now. And uh, he said he wants to do it right. He said he was there because he wants to get a relationship with God, and he wants to do it right, but he's scared to go back because he knows when he goes to school, it's going to be the same as it's always been. And he said, you know, school's hard. And he goes to a small town, small school. He said all the peer pressure from my parents, or from the teachers, from the coaches, from the students. He said, man, there's so much weight on He said, they can't focus on God. And that's on us. That's on all of us because we put so much pressure in winning a football game that we push these kids so hard to win a football game that they're so stressed out over basketball games and baseball games that, man, they're going out and trying to find ways just to eliminate that stress. We keep them so busy. He said he has practice before school, after school. He's trying to work now, so he's going to have to quit his sports, which he, he, he stepped up in being the man that he needs to be. But he said even the kids, you know, if you're not wearing the right shoes or the right clothes, they're making fun of you. And those kids learn that from us because we're the ones that go out and buy these kids a $150 pair of jeans that's made out of the exact same material as a $30 pair of jeans from Walmart, but we're buying a name. You know, we put that on these kids, we put that pressure on these kids, and then they, they see it and they start making fun of other kids because their self-esteem is so low that they're trying to build their self up by saying, well, I'm better than you because I got nice stuff. You know, we, we beat them down and beat them down and beat them down when they lose football games, when they lose basketball games. You know, y'all got to be better, y'all got to be better. We got to be state champions. You know, we put so much pressure on them, but where are we putting the pressure on them to, to get with God? How are we leading these kids to God when we're, we're putting sports, we're putting uh, schoolwork, we're putting all this other stuff ahead of them? The way they dress, the things they wear. Man, just listening to these kids this weekend has opened my eyes to a whole new world that, that man, we failed. We failed as Christians, we failed as adults, we failed as parents. 
And, and it's just crazy that I seen a kid the other day, and he had on the ugliest shoes I've ever seen in my life. I mean, these things were hideous. They looked like a Nerf football that somebody had cut his spot out, and he put, his shoes, he put his foot in there. $320 for these shoes. Ugliest thing ever, but because they had somebody's name on them, $350, and this kid wanted them. Ambry's told me many times, show me something on, you know, on, on the phone, can you order me these shoes? I love these shoes. They're on sale, $120. How do you love these shoes, man? You ain't even tried them on. You don't know if they fit. You don't know what they feel like. But she's looking at the name brand and the price. And that's what we've done. I don't know if anybody in here is cotton farmers, but y'all ain't making that much money off of cotton. So why are we willing to spend $300 on a pair of jeans when they're still paying the same amount for the cotton? You know, we can stop that. Football, you go, you, football games, the outrageous price for these, for these tickets, it's our fault because we pay it. You know, if we'll just quit going to the games, well, those prices will drop in a hurry. Look at some of these teams that ain't no good. Man, their tickets are $2. But you try to go to a team that, you know, stadium's always packed, $150 for cheap seats. And we pay it. And then we go up there and we pay $15 for a hot dog. Why? Because we pay it. Man, we've got to be better, and we've got to stand up. You know, we're not paying this much money for stuff anymore. And I'm just as guilty as anybody, you know. I like to wear, hey, dudes, you know, when I could go to Walmart and buy the same pair for 20 bucks. It's just our nature, you know. It's a form of pride that we want to be somebody, and we think we can be somebody by our worldly possessions instead of being who we were created to be and being somebody in Christ and showing these kids Christ and pushing Christ first instead of school. I mean, football games ain't going to get these kids to college. Or, I mean, college. Ain't going to get these kids to heaven. You know, A honor roll is not going to get these kids to heaven. You know, even being a good person is not going to get these kids to heaven. Being a true Christian that's willing to go out and, and not only read the Bible, but live the Bible. That's what's going to get them to heaven. That's what we should be showing them. That's what we should be pushing them to. Not all this other stuff that doesn't matter. Not all this worldly stuff that's temporary. And there's nothing wrong with playing football. There's nothing wrong with, with going out and having some fun. But when we're putting so much pressure on these kids that they feel like they got to go out and get drunk because they lost the game and they disappointed us, man, how are we calling ourselves Christians? First Philippians I think it's uh, verse 27. It says, only let, it's not up on the slide. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So, man, when we're pushing these kids away, are we really being worthy of the gospel of Christ? When we're putting so much pressure on these kids that when they lose a football game, they think they failed, are we truly being Christians? Are we doing what we need to do? Man, down there, there's 30-something boys and 30-something girls that are broken. These kids shouldn't be broken at this age. I mean, some of the things that they're going through, it's just, it's just crazy. But when you look at what they're going through and you realize that it's our fault, man, we are the church. We are the children of God. And we need to be out there setting priorities. And we need to be standing up against the school system and saying, man, we ain't doing this on Wednesday nights. I don't care what y'all say. I don't care what y'all got going on. Church is more important. We have to be bold enough to stand up and say, you know, enough's enough. We're not doing this anymore. 
Who cares if we win a football game? Who cares if we win a basketball game? That doesn't matter. What matters is how many souls we get to heaven, not how many state championships we can put on our water tower. And we've got to start fighting the real battle here. We've got to be willing to stand up for the truth and be bold enough to speak out and say, man, enough's enough. We're going to fight back. We've got to be bold enough to say, I don't care if I get fired. I'm going to speak God here. You know, that's what, when Jesus says, deny, deny me in front of your peers and I'll deny you in front of my father, that's what he's talking about. Are we so timid that we won't do this at church or at a school or at work or at something because we're afraid somebody's going to say something? Man, we're created to be bold, not timid. We're not here to just kind of be, I don't want to offend you. Man, we're here to offend you. But we're here to offend you out of love because we love you enough that we want you to go to heaven with us. So I don't care if I hurt your feelings. I don't care if you get mad. I don't care if you go home and talk bad about me because I'm going to tell you the truth out of the Bible because I love you so much I want you to go to heaven and I want you to spend eternity with me. That's love. That's what the Bible is. That's what we're intended to do. Not to push these kids so hard that Man, one told me, he said, I, I, I want to be a Christian, but I don't have time. I've got so much going on, I don't have time. Between schoolwork, practice, uh, homework, he said, I don't have time. He said, I, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. He said, you know, summer's here, and I'm so excited that summer's here because I finally have time. He said, but here in two weeks, we start conditioning. What are we doing? We give these kids two weeks off. And we start back conditioning? Let these kids have summer. Let these kids have a life other than sports. You know, when I grew up, we did two days and we started, what, two weeks before school started? And now they get these kids working out all summer long? That's ridiculous. Where are our priorities? All we're showing these kids is that sports is all that matters. And we've got to stand up and we've got to be bold enough to say, you know what? Y'all spend time with y'all's family. Y'all have a summer. Y'all enjoy summer. Y'all grow with God. Y'all, let's go to these youth events. Let's take these kids to these things. Instead of saying, oh, man, my kids can't go because they got something with school. Oh, my kids can't do that because we got, they got practice. Oh, my kids can't do that because they have this camp to go to. And, man, nothing's wrong with any of that stuff as long as we make God the priority. But when we make this other stuff the priority, we're failing as parents. We're failing as Christians. We're failing as the body of Christ. We're failing as children of God. So I want to ask y'all to just truly search your hearts and, and to have the boldness to speak the gospel, to speak the truth, and not worrying about offending somebody. Not worrying, man, if I say this, am I going to lose my job? Who cares? Because God's going to provide for you. When you stand up for God, no matter what happens, he's going to provide for you. He's going to take care of you. The Bible tells us we're going to suffer for following Christ. And if you're not suffering, man, you need to check and see if you're really following Christ. Life's hard. Life's very hard. And, and you look at the world, and man, it's just dangerous and it's scary. And these kids are being just pushed so much. You know, they're coming out. I was talking to one kid, and he said he's been vaping, and he wanted to, to be able to get rid of vaping. And they've made vapes that look like highlighters. So they can carry these highlighters around. And us dumb parents, we think the kids got a highlighter. And they've got nicotine. And they're starting this addiction at these young ages. Because 
we're pushing these kids and we're putting so much pressure on them for stuff that doesn't matter. Stuff that's not a priority. Stuff that should be just a secondary thing. If we got time, we'll do this. If not, who cares? So I really don't know where this message is going today, and I really don't know who it's for today. It may be for me. I don't know. But, man, just listening to these kids this weekend, it's been awesome. Don't get me wrong. Some of these kids were just amazing. You know, there, there was one kid there, and he's, he's like these grumpy old men. Well, he's like this the whole time. You know, he don't want to sing. He don't want to do nothing. And a lot of those prayer requests that these kids were turning in had that boy's name on it. These kids in that room saw that boy and saw that he was hurting and saw that he was suffering and was putting his name on cards asking people to pray for him. And, man, that's powerful that these kids see that. But we've got to be better. You know, there's no reason that this walk in this chrysalis shouldn't have been filled up. It should have had 42 girls and it should have had 42 boys, but we don't push that because we've got all these other things going on that our kids don't have time to go on this stuff. You know, this is a community that has 10,000 members, and we can't get 84 kids signed up. You know, we failed. And that's not y'all. I'm talking about the Emmaus community. But we've got to start pushing God, pushing God first, and making God a priority in our lives. And truly, you know what I mean? We say it. We say it all the time. Yeah, that's our priority. That's our priority. But do we actually live it? Are we actually putting God first in everything that we do? Or are we putting sports in school and extracurriculars and everything else in front of them? Making sure you, you got the name brand stuff, the most expensive stuff. And Man, can we not be content with what we have? Can we not be content with what God's given us? Or do we have to put ourselves in debt by racking up credit card debts just so we can have name brand stuff so people can think we're somebody? I mean, we know when we live in a small town, you got the right name, you control the town. You got the money and the name, you can make any decision you want to and the rest of the town just follows. Why is that? Because we allow it. Because we don't say, I don't, mean, I don't care how much money you got, I don't care what your last name is. We ain't doing it. That's what we got to do. We've got to be bold enough to stand up and say, man, we're not doing this anymore. This stuff doesn't matter. If we got time, we'll do it. If we don't, who cares? Because we're following God. We're putting God the center of Quanah, Texas. We're putting God the center of our lives. We're putting God in our school. And I don't care who says something about it. We're putting God in our school. And if you've got a problem with it, then take your kids somewhere else. We've got to have that boldness. Man, there's a movement going all across the nation right now of kids getting pulled out of public school and doing homeschooling because of what's going on in our school system. And we've got to be bold enough to stand up and say we ain't doing it no more. It's happening. You know, talking to Mary the other day, what she say, like 3,000 kids have gone from public school to private schools in Lubbock? I mean, they're just flooding in there. Our public school system is failing our kids, and we just keep pushing our kids there, keep sending them there. We've got to be better. We've got to have the boldness to stand up and say, you know what? We're drawing the line. You know, Satan's got his hands in everything that's going on in this world. Are we going to fight it? Are we just going to be complacent and just let him run all over us? You know, being complacent is not the same as being content. We can be content where we are because we have peace that God has put us there and has put us there for a reason. That's different than being complacent where we just, well, that's just the way it is. We just got to take it. No, we don't have to take it. We are men and women of God. We are children of God. We have the authority over Satan 
and over every evil power in this world. And all we got to do is have the boldness to stand up and speak out against it. And Satan has to flee from us. But the first step is we have to have the boldness. We have to have the courage. Man, Satan has no control over us whatsoever except for the control that we allow him to have. I mean, that's, to me, that's pretty dumb that we let Satan win when he has absolutely no control over us. So I want to encourage you just to really, really, truly search your heart, search your soul, and, and think about what you've put priorities in life. And most of the time, we don't even intend to. We don't even realize that we put this above because, man, our kids love sports. They want to play sports. We want them to be the best at it. That's just human nature. But do we want them to be the best at it so much that we push them so hard that they go out and get drunk because they felt like they failed us when they lose a game? Do we push them in schoolwork so much that they go out and they make stupid mistakes because they're so stressed out of trying to pass these stupid tests that they have to make? We've got to be better. We've got to be better Christians. We've got to be better parents. We've got to be better sons and daughters of God. We've got to lead our children in a better way. That's all I got. So will you please stand? I know these messages never go with what I have wrote down when I come off these walks, but, man, these walks are powerful. And I want to encourage anybody that hasn't been on one, men or women, if you haven't been on one, get with us and we'll get you there. That's not saying anybody's a bad person and you need to go on it. But man, we all need more of God in our lives. When we get there and you're, and you're cut off from the world and you have no cell phone service and they take your watches from you and, and you have absolutely nothing but God, man, you realize how powerful God is. And there's not a doubt in my mind that we can't make the Emmaus community in Quanta, Texas every single day of our lives. But we have to realize that we live for God and not for the world. We have to stop worrying about making sure we have the best stuff, making sure we're winning football games, making sure this, making sure that. All we have to do is seek first the kingdom of God and he'll take care of everything else. So we can live in Emmaus every day here, but it's going to take a change in our hearts and a change in our minds. So you pray with me. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this message, and I thank you for this weekend that you've just opened my eyes and just showed me things that, that I was taken for granted, Father, and I just, uh, I just want to ask for forgiveness, Father, that I was just so weak where I was. But, Father, again, I just thank you. I thank you for everything that you're doing in my life. I thank you for the opportunities that you give me to serve. And, Father, I just pray for boldness in this, in this church and in, in, in the hearts of, of your people, Father, that we'll just go out and speak your word and speak the truth of the gospel, and we won't be afraid to offend anybody. We won't be timid, and I pray just for a spirit of boldness. And Father, we give you the glory. Father, I just ask that everything we do glorifies you. We love you and we praise you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.